0: Fine. Blowing up like dynamite. i never meant to make you cry. Make Hello you... and welcome to this is I Brooks, your weekly Rangers podcast. I'm your host, Martin Douglas, and this week I'm joined by the familiar William Irwin and Thomas McIntyre. Gentlemen, how are you? All
1: good. Very well,
0: thank you. Good, good. And a very special guest this week it's River City Star, Panto Star. It's Shell suit, it's Stephen. Purden, Stephen, <laughs> how are you doing, Michael? I'm good, mate. How's things? I know bad, how's it feel being back
2: at work? Aye, it's good, obviously good to be at the and stuff, it's a bit different, we're obviously having to follow certain guidelines, but I, like, in this current climate, just lucky to be working and good to be back working, so, loving it. There's
3: a nothing to do with football, but here's a, a quick question, right, because I was thinking about this earlier on. To Stephen, actually, uh, regarding the acting and the guidelines. Has that made a, a mandated change to how close you can get in, actually, in scenes? So where somebody may be up close and personal, the scene has to be extended yep. a bit. Really, that, that, takes, that must take away from some of the the actual acting, in terms of...
2: Aye, it's, it's difficult because, obviously, like, it's a weird one because the characters have obviously supposed to have been self-isolating together. But obviously, the actors who play the characters have not been self-isolating together, so we need to, with the BBC, we need to keep a strict two-metre distance everywhere in the building. That includes on set. If you're doing a scene outside, if it's an exterior or an interior, it needs to be strictly two metres apart. So if you're doing a big intense scene or an emotional scene or something, it is different because you need to stay two metres apart. So obviously, it's it's weird because obviously, like, I don't know you like when you're doing a scene, if it's a emotional scene or a, our tempers are flaring, you want to get up in each other's face and all that kind of stuff or if oh. you're trying to if you're winching each other. Do you know what I mean? There's no winching either, do you know what I mean? So <laughs> there's nothing like that. So it's a bit tricky, but as I said earlier, it's a it's a small price to pay. We're just lucky and we're just so grateful to be back filming. It was got it was a long road, but we're back now, and hopefully, fingers crossed once we get through this. Second wave as it seems to be Things can maybe go back To some sort of normality
3: Yeah and spare a thought For Martin uh, It's only two metres for you Martin's a, a full hundred metres He has to stay away from women So uh, at least that's, uh, <laughs> that, that's
0: bad. Only for another thought mate, And then I'm sound <laughs> uh, for, for more on the River City podcast uh, Please email Tommy um, <laughs> but obviously the podcast is available to watch on youtube at youtube.com forward slash this is ibrooks it's also available on the website at this is ibrooks.co.uk and available to download from a multitude of podcast platforms do, 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 do. Thomas iTunes,
3: Spotify, Acast, Stitcher, Podbean, uh, that's as good as you're going to get from me at this point in time. I've, I've, run, I've
0: run out of road there.
3: Um, the internet, I say that usually, the internet is, is out there. Hunt it down.
0: And we're available, if you could leave a five-star review, it would be greatly appreciated. And if you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. Right, gents, let's kick off because we've got quite a lot to get through and we'll start with the standard Liège game. And Stephen, as you're the guest, I'll come to you first. Um, where did you make it? Uh, <clears throat> it was... It was again
2: Rangers in Europe under Gerard. I wasn't surprised we came away with the, the victory. It shows how far we've came under the current management setup that I'm very confident getting into these games. Very, very confident in the way we set up and the way the three in the middle and the three up front, the way the the work rate off the ball, the wee kind of combinations on the ball. I just think it was another Gerard performance under uh, another Rangers performance under Gerard that we became accustomed to, and the second goal, obviously, wow, it's something I never thought I'd ever see. <laughs> along with this, along with this global pandemic, it's something I never thought I'd see. Do you know what I mean? But it was, it was just a great night all round. And as I say, I'm so confident when we play away from home or at Ibrooks in Europe, I'm so confident with the, the team we've got. And again the strength and depth, Leake, Gean Davis a break, bringing in Ryan Jack, it was good to see him back, bringing Hadji, back in at the fold again, and I thought he was, very good in flashes, on the ball, and I think, with the conditions, when the rain started coming down, I think, we controlled the ball, maybe better than them, mm. on, on the conditions, and, Calvin Bassett came on as an R plus point. I think he's just took like a duck to water. No pun intended with the current conditions at that game. But that's horrendous. That's <laughs> horrendous. <Stephen. Absolutely> horrendous. <laughs> I, genuinely, I genuinely didn't mean it. But
3: <laughs> you knew what you were doing there. There's no way he didn't know that. Mate,
2: mate, I've done panel for 18 years. I could go a night with worst ones and that. <laughs> but but I just think he again with Bassett's going off I was a wee bit worried, but Bassett came on. I think Bassett even at the weekend as well. He's just. He's a unit, he's Mm -hmm. very athletic He was, I great I think it was just
0: a very satisfying and pleasing night all round Well actually, Tommy, I was going to come to you there and ask you who impressed you But I'll actually start with Bassi. What did you make of his performance?
3: Yeah, I think, you know, by and large Stephen fairly nails it there And, you know, it was backed up at Livingston We saw him against Dundee United as well Previously You know, you're always worried when you've got a guy like Barisic Who's so integral to the team you know, in terms of getting up and down and the great crossing and stuff like that, the, the really good thing for me with Bassi is uh, he's slotted in seamlessly but it's not just a oh he's he can do the defensive but he gets forward and he puts the ball in as well and i was reading recently that he's been doing extra training sessions with Bonner as well and he's got quality when he gets into the final third so it's a really good replacement you know And it's you start to look further down the line if Bonner was to go and make us some money so to speak that's the big thing for me, that it's not just that, oh, we've got somebody who's good on our side of the, the pitch. This guy's not like for like, but he's pretty bloody close. And just to absolutely back up what Stephen said, he is built like an absolute freight train. And he but he moves really well. I'm a I'm a big fan of Basi, actually, really, really impressive young boy. And it shows you why he was brought in ahead of maybe some of the uh, some of the youths in our own academy.
0: William, are you paying full attention? Because I'm pretty sure I can see a football match in your glasses. <laughs> he's watching his first
2: game. Yeah, I just <laughs> seen Harry Kane miss a sit on your specs, mommy. That's
3: two widescreens he's got there.
0: But, Wally, listen, the first goal, obviously, a <laughs> tough penalty, definite penalty. And, of course, your main man steps up for what was that? Is that nine goals in 10 games? Yep. yep. Yeah, look, I don't think there's
1: ever any kind of worry when Tav takes a penalty. You always feel very confident. And at the moment he's just playing with so much confidence that you know, you know he's got to stroke it away. I thought the first half was I actually don't think we played particularly well in the first half overall in terms of our attacking play. But when you look at the chances we created, there were good chances. high Hyji's shot for the distance was another one that I thought was actually oh, right. gonna the net. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and then It felt like we sort of let them into the game for maybe 10 or 15 minutes. They hit the woodwork. And then obviously that one right on half time where still kind of believe the referee missed a handball. It's probably as blatant a handball as you'll see. But for whatever reason, the lines or the referee never picked it up. Second half, I thought we were a bit tighter and that we never gave away any really cheap possession. Our movement of the ball was good. Um, I think the only thing that was possible missing in the second half is maybe a little bit more quality in the final third up until obviously Roof does his, his moment of magic but that wasn't in the final third mate we didn't need it in the final
2: third
1: no. just I think the one thing that stands out to be is that made the three changes like Balogun come in for Hairlander was great Yeah, Ryan Jack come in I thought Ryan Jack was the man of the match I thought I thought he had an excellent game just sitting mm. protecting the back four and then like, Hagia comes in on the European nights more so because he's good at creating or opening up the space. So I thought overall it was a really, it was a good professional away performance. And given that team hadn't lost for, whatever it was, six years. Six years, yeah. You know, so I mean, it's a pretty incredible thing. And obviously the stats come out before they gave it, we had they a group stage game for X amount of years. But mm. maybe even, it's like even before the game, there was that sort of degree of confidence in the squad, even with the changes you still feel as though, no matter if there's one or two guys missing or when Bassi comes on for Barisic, still feel confident. You know, the players are playing well. There's a lot of confidence in the group. And we're just ticking over nicely at the moment. It's like it's like Tommy was saying,
2: like when maybe last year, if like Tav was getting rested or Barisic was not playing and you brought in Flanagan, you knew you were getting a guy that's going to come in and be solid defensively. But with Bassi coming on, he's still, the team's keeping their shape. Because he can still go forward yeah. and we're still keeping that attacking sense going for our fullbacks, which with the system we play, we need to
3: have yeah. that for our fullbacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so it.
2: we're just looking yeah.
3: great shape, great shape. Yeah. And I actually, think that's a really good point. There is a there's a balance, uh, and you know, as Stephen and William were alluding to there. When you're bringing players in and out, it's not that it's no threadbare anymore. It's a case mm-hmm. of the bench is pretty strong. And we saw that, you know, the weekend as well. We don't seem mm-hmm. to suffer from rotation as much as some other clubs as well. Just picking up something William was saying there as well, because I, I thought, you know, I'd maybe give the, the team a wee bit of uh, leeway in the second half and the final third because you could see the passes actually genuinely stopping <laughs> aye, in that rainfall, right? And kudos to Kmart Ruth as well. I know we'll talk about the, the, the finishing on that, but I don't know about you guys, but having played on pitches where the ball is waterlogged, just to be able to get yeah. that ball up in the air was mm-hmm. pretty nice. sizable anyway, you know what I mean? Aye. But Aye. The kind of final point I was going to say there was actually, in terms of that control, because I, I thought it was going to be a tough game against stand, Standard, uh, Standard, if you're um. Oh, Alex don't you. even
0: get my starter on um, Alex.
3: Yeah. Standard. Um, I, for, for a while, I thought he was actually saying somebody's name, <laughs> Standard. <laughs> <But, laughs> um, so, uh, you know, we actually went there and they are a really good team. Yeah. But I was actually checking out the stats without being startled and I um. It was fifty-fifty possession pretty much. Rangers really retained the ball well under mm-hmm. pretty difficult circumstances and then passed away round about them. It wasn't a kick and rush, it wasn't long ball. We really, really played them at their own game. I think Rangers yeah. are really good at dominating teams like that. And mm-hmm. yeah, really good result. Maybe slightly overlooked because standard aren't a sexy name. That's a mm-hmm. really, really, really good result against a good team at home. Well listen, I was
0: gonna I was gonna leave it till last, right? But these are all desperate to talk about it. So Steven, I've got it in my notes. Roof, what the fuck? Oh, mate. How did he manage to score that?
2: Really? I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> looking back here, the years you've seen Beckham Day, Rooney, Charlie Adam, but it's the way, it's where he receives the ball mm-hmm. and he's got three guys coming to him. You're thinking, right, mate, you have done phenomenal before he's even launched the ball. He's, In my opinion, he's done absolute amazing work to get away for A3. But like Tommy was saying, in the conditions, and to lift the ball in that waterlogged pitch. In, I don't, I, words fail me, man. I really, really don't know, honestly. It's like one of the ones I'm... Um, I'll always remember where I was when K-Maru scored that goal against Standard Liège, jumping about in here, shouting on everybody in the house, even shouting <laughs> to my missus to come and see it, everybody. It was, it was just a thing of beauty, unbelievable. It Was
0: one of the ones I was shouting, what's he doing? And then boom, <laughs> i definitely but, I, the, the I, thing, I the thing to it is as well, right? So I think we all feel the same, right, about that goal.
3: I'll remember it as well because you're just thinking, as you say, Stephen, it beats three players, and what you're thinking of that that time is just get it up the park, waste a couple more seconds because the wish it was gonna go. He beats I, I think he wins the first challenge, wins the second challenge, not Meg's the third guy. Guy. It's just that mentality and a split second to go. At this point in the game, in these conditions, I've just not meant him. I could run it into the corner or whatever. No, I'm just going to th- three wood it right, right <laughs> up the park. It's,
0: it's actually ugly, a better though.
1: hit than I I It's a better hit than I can <laughs> hit in my three with, to be honest with you.
3: But just that mentality to say, do you know what? I've got the ability to do right. it. And he, and he actually, I, I was watching it back. It doesn't he doesn't just like get it up in the air. There's real power. 'Cause it the aye. keepers came back pretty quickly
2: and it just absolutely doesn't. Aye. That's you can see thing. when he hits it, it's like you can see there's there's total technique there. The way he yeah. started he knows what That's he's it. doing, well, he knows aye. what he's trying to do. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's not a foot, he's not just launched it, you know he's he's done that and he's went right, I've seen him off his line, I'm gonna but it was oh, special, something special. Yeah, it's the
0: fact that he hits it out of a puddle and does it, you know. Aye, <laughs> aye. aye. It's it's crazy. But listen, Willie, when I watch Rangers games, I'm up to high do no matter who we're playing. So, I don't really pay attention to tactics or or anything like that. I watch it back, but I haven't had a chance to watch this back. So, without me having an opinion, what did you make of Morelos' performance?
1: Um, I thought it was okay to be honest. I didn't think. I think the problem with Morelos is when he's no scoring, there's always a degree of criticism because when you're a striker in our team, you're expected to score goals. I still think his movement's good, he's still getting into good positions. Two really good chances where they could have scored. It would be more of a worry if he wasn't getting into their positions for me. You know, if his work rate wasn't good enough, I would be worried. But there's a lot of things at the moment that just maybe aren't coming off for him, and you just get the feeling that he just needs one to kind of hit off him and get into the back of the net. Certainly isn't a lack of effort. Mm-hmm. Certainly isn't a lack of trying to get into good positions in the pitch to make chances, to to you know, link up the play, to run the channels, to do the work that he's always done for us. And at the moment, there's that many other guys in the team that are scoring goals for us. We're not quite as reliant as we once were on Alfie
0: or even Kent to score the goals, and that's a good thing for us. Mm, Tommy, as I, I've just seen a lot of criticism on Twitter and stuff. Do you think it's fair the criticism Marialos is getting? Because what the most I'm seeing, it's about mo, more not his link-up play, it's about his first touch.
3: Well, first off the bat, I'm, I'm shocked to hear that... Uh... Twitter doesn't have any nuance to it, um, that's, <laughs> that's that's a real shocker, um, the reactionary platform for reactionaries, um, <clears throat> and I'm onto it as well obviously, so i have come in a match day, um, yeah, listen, by and large, I don't, I certainly don't buy into this growing narrative that Morelos isn't interested or he's down to, right? like, that's all nonsense, right, doesn't strike me as that kind of guy, it's not coming off for him right now. He's off the boil. It happens to players. I'm with Aid. Will, uh, he needs he needs to bang one in. Does he still provide a threat and uh, bang a goal in, Martin? Come on, grow up. <laughs> uh, carry on podcast here. Um, you know, he needs to get a goal, um, but he still runs the channels. He still likes the physicality. The goals will come because he's still providing, you know, all of those runs and all those openings and all that type of good stuff he's still impressing the management team because that's why he's still getting in the, you know in the matchday squads No, he didn't start obviously at the weekend but yeah the wheel turn for Morelos and he'll start getting them in he is also a wee bit of a victim of the fact that he has been our talisman the only real kind of thing you could hang on to in the final third uh, for a while and it is a good thing uh, and it, to his credit as well if he doesn't score he is absolutely livid and you can see it right on his face um you know, it's, it's like me when I forget to do my stats before I come on the podcast. But, yeah, there's other players, you know, when we could chop and change, you know, without jumping ahead to the weekend. You bring in a Defoe, he bangs one in. You've got goals coming from midfield, the goals coming from your defenders. You've got Itton coming back. You've got KMR Roof, who comes back from injury and goes, oh, by the way, I've just been saving this up. What's <laughs> in a 56 yarder or whatever? The fact that we don't have to rely on Alfredo Morelos and we can talk legitimately about his form and getting dropped... It's actually a really, really good statement for the club and the squad that's been built round about it. We're not a one-man team anymore. That's a good thing.
0: Absolutely, and it shows you where we are this season as well, I think. But just finally then, uh, Stephen, great start to the group. A win away from home. Are you confident now that... Because, I mean, before, when the, when the group was drawn, I think we were all confident that we could qualify from it. But without taking the teams lightly going forward, are you confident we can qualify for this group now?
2: I think so, aye. I think we've got to be confident in for me for me strangers fans i think i mean obviously europe is so important financially and stuff always say whatever we get out it's a bonus but then the game's come running, you're sitting watching it like everyone else and you want to win but the league's the main thing this season we've gave ourselves a good platform to kick on in the league but we've also gave ourselves a good platform after last thursday to kick on in the group so i don't think we should fear benfica we've played porto we've played braga i mean we've played all these teams, I don't think we should fear like any teams for Port School and stuff and, and like Poznan. I don't know enough about them. I know they scored the last minute equalizer at the weekend or whatever. They're go at jail They've no started the season great and we have. But I we've got to be confident. We've got to be confident. And I'm really I think I think we should we should qualify. At the very least we should qualify for the group if not win it. But just touching on what you were saying about Morelos, I think what we we're saying there like last season when the team was when Morelos wasn't scoring and wasn't playing well the team didn't play well didn't they score mm-hmm. do you know what I mean mm-hmm. but this season we we're a different animal and I think Morelos is box office he's the most box office player we've had since Walter Smith left since Jelovic or something forward do you know what I mean but I think it will happen for him it will come but the other side that I think I don't know when Ruth gets fully fit I don't know I mean it's going to be a battle for him to stay in the team if he keeps playing the way he's playing because He's hard up play, he's first touch. With people are moaning about you need to go back to the basics as a forward and just do the simple things. But even the simple things are only coming off for him, and I'm willing it to happen like Mace Rangers fans are. And I think it will happen. But maybe Ruth doing that coming off the bench, and I think the wee man getting drapped as well at the weekend, mm-hmm. left out the squad is what he needs. A line with a goal, do you know what I mean? If you know what I mean, but I think just taking them out the firing line is a good thing to know. And we've got good games coming up, but command Rugby Park, Hamilton after that in the league. Their games, I think, Marielos can, right, just get the monkey off
0: his back. Once he gets one, I think he'll be, he'll be back to normal. I think he should actually maybe go for a wee training session with you, because I've seen your performance at Ibrox, it was top notch. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hi mate, I'll be breathing out my backside after two minutes in the training <laughs> session with my man, I'm telling you.
0: <laughs> right, but listen, we're going to move on and we're going to come to a new section because now, obviously, William Irwin is a fully-fledged member of the Rissa's Eyebrooks family. We're going to be taking a much deeper look now at the Rangers' youths. And, Wally, uh, we're going to come on to talk about the, the Rangers' B versus East Stirling game. But first, I want to ask you, see with everything that's happening with COVID and stuff, has there been any change to the the, the league for the, B, the Bs, the B team? Or is it just the same as, as normal?
1: Yeah, look, there's not really going to be a league per se. They'll just play like individual matches week to week. Um, like this coming week, they've got Dundee. So that should be a good test, depending on obviously the kind of level of opposition that it is. Because um, I there was a bit of criticism last week, maybe with the standard opposition, playing like a lowland league team that wasn't even like their best kind of starting in the oven. So possibly you can understand that maybe that was why the result was so one-sided. Whereas I think the Dundee game will definitely be more competitive and I would imagine we'll change it up as well because I think the A team's playing Friday again. So there's a chance for some of the younger guys to come back into the B-team squad, which is good. You know, Leon King's been in it recently, Charlie Lindsay, you know, and it's important for these guys at 16 to play in that kind of match because they're playing against men and it's proper sort of competitive fixtures where it's important that, you know, you see kind of both sides of the game for the players. Because when you play 18's level, you know, Rangers are usually pretty strong. When you're playing against first teams, even League 1, League 2, it's, it's totally different.
0: Well, obviously, we played East Stirling 5 one win Talk us through that. I know, obviously, it's a bit more difficult for you because you kind of get to the games now. But, um, <laughs> well, talk nice us through go. what you can.
1: Yeah, I used nice to obviously watch the highlights. TV. So obviously, just looking at some of those, it's 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 interesting when you see how we're kind of set up now. Like Chris Mckee's kind of moved from being a centre forward, the number nine. He's kind of dropped a little bit behind. as a number ten now, and that really seems to work for him this season. I think he's on like five goals already, which is fantastic for a number ten. But the first goal comes for Chris playing in Ross McCausland, Kind of checks in. And then it's a really good strike. The goalkeeper might be disappointed that he didn't make the save, but it's a good strike for Ross. And yet again, he's another one of those guys who, you know, more off in Northern Ireland can play through the middle or can play wide. I think Rangers will use him more in the wide position for the B team because of his pace to take players on. Um, the second goal was Ben Williamson, free kick from about 25 yards, took a small deflection, and the goalkeeper seemed to get slightly wrong footed. Uh, Third goal yet again, Chris McKee's involved in it and it was a really nice through ball to Ross McCausland. His shot got parried and it kind of dropped kind of halfway between the six yard box and the goal line and Nathan Young Coombs managed to slide in and get the final touch, then he kind of smashed into the goal post. So thankfully he was okay after that, to be honest. Um, Fourth goal, uh, Ross McCausland, a lovely through ball and this time it's Chris McKee that's on the end yet. Chris showed a... Good bit of composure just sliding it by the goalkeeper and then also our fifth goal was a good driving run for alex lowry because that's what he's really good at middle to front alex can do that and then it's a it's a really good strike, kind of 20 25 yards goes flying past the goalkeeper and i think when you look at i said these still team probably wasn't their strongest 11 but it's good that our guys even at that level are, are taking teams apart and that's a good thing for me but it'll be good to see you again on Tuesday against Dundee. What can I love in Nev get out? What hour I loving is because it was a slight. It was a slightly older B team against East Stirlingshire because Rangers had played Celtic in an 18s game at Barrafield, so there wasn't like the time you can kind of take guys out and put them into the 11. Whereas that might change up
0: this week a wee bit. Stephen or Tommy, any use what to come in?
2: I'm just like, there's always a lot of talk about Nathan Young Yeah. and I've not seen enough of him right, but I've just seen me bits and bobs. How good do you think he is and how good do you think he can become, Willie?
1: Yeah, well, I think he's a good player. I mean, he's in the last year of his contract, so it's one of those ones, yet yeah, again, you've got the problem that because he's done reasonable well for Rangers, he still gets picked for England at youth level. So, I mean, if teams start showing an interest, it can be difficult for Rangers to keep a hold of the guys. You've seen that with, like, my Mabudi, We've seen it with Billy Gilmer. It is tough because Rangers can't compete on the financial scale that these clubs can offer. I would like to see Nathan stay, but the fact that something's not been agreed yet would be a bit of a concern for me. And obviously, mm-hmm. there was murmurs a couple of months ago that West Ham were <coughs> interested. Mm-hmm. So there's always these kind of lingering thoughts that potentially... He could go back to England because maybe he could make more money. He maybe sees it as a as a better pathway because they've obviously got under 23 football. Because I think at Rangers, as we said on the Podder Cut once you get to 18, if you're logging out and loaning and playing some type of first team football, it's a kind of difficult, like sort of crossing the line because you really need to go and play proper competitive football. Whereas in England, you can kind of drift in and out. It's mm-hmm. like, there's like <laughs> making, what was like, 22. Right, that's him just in the Chelsea team. Whereas
2: up in Scotland, you can't really have that, no. And you, you see, it like, Phil, Phil Foden from Man City as well. I mean, you see yeah. these young boys they get brought in, but I think the one of the biggest problems I think the new, especially this season, it's not a season to be trying to drip, drip feed youngsters into the squad the because two two reasons I mean, you don't know if they're going to be good enough, and we can't afford to have passengers in the team. And secondly, it's not fair in the young boys either in such a a tense a tense season, we need to win the league this year, do you know what I mean? So but the thing is I always believe if they're good enough, then you're you're old enough, it doesn't matter, do you know what I mean? But well, yeah, there, any of them, maybe, them are good enough to get in there.
0: Is there anybody in that, that B team will that we should be looking out for that is maybe ready to make that jump? Apart from <clears> obviously <throat> fact, Patterson and stuff think like The fact that. that you saw Leon King,
1: you know, making the trip to Belgium, I mean that's great for Leon. Mm-hmm. You know, Eddie, like leon is still only 16 but if anybody's ever seen leon in action or you've or you've physically seen him in person he's a big strong lad for 16 years old mm. he's he's one of these guys he's always played above himself at age groups and stuff like that he's always looked comfortable at 15 he's playing for the 18s you know at 16 year old he's in the b team he's playing against guys that are in the mid to late <laughs> of the time which i think shows you what the club think of him. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't be surprised if he played against Dundee <clears> because yet <throat> again he's so comfortable. And the fact the manager took him and made him part of the squad, that tells Aye. you about, you know, the quality that Leon's got. And I think this season, I think I brought it up a couple of weeks ago. I think if there's a chance, if we draw like a lower league opposition in the cup and it's at Ibrooks and we could bring Leon off the bench, I think the club will look to do it because you've you've almost got to show them a pathway. <clears clears throat> Because at Rangers, you've got to sell them something different. People what the English clubs can. We can't sell them or well, there's three thousand, five thousand pounds a week. So what we've got right. to say on is you're sixteen years old. We're going to start drip feeding you into the first team squad when we get more opportunity. Mm-hmm. Next season, when you're seventeen, you can become part of the first team squad. And then potentially by the time you're eighteen, you could be in like the starting eleven or or quite close to it. You know, whereas English clubs can say he does all it there's like a four year deal at three to five grand a week, and even if you don't get close to the first team, you probably uh, want to walk away to be so close. Well,
3: well, just for just for balance, then I suppose. Yeah. Um, and I, I this might be a difficult question for you because I know that you you know you obviously interact with lots of the, the families and the mums and dads and stuff like that with the players, but who's probably edging towards the door in terms of maybe not being or developing the way that the coaches would like to see?
1: Yeah, look, I think there's probably a few, if you're honest. It sort of feels like it's coming to the end for, like, Dapo buddy. You know, I thought Dapo would have been out on loan potentially by now to try and play some first-team football, but it seems to be that he's just kind of sitting with the B team, which I think for Dapo, that's not what he needs to be doing. He needs to be out playing competitive football. Yet again, he's in his last year, and it kind of feels the same as Nathan, that maybe with Dapo... Maybe there's stuff going on behind the scenes. Obviously, you don't know for certain because you're not at the games now. You're just kind of trying to read between the lines. Mm -hmm. So the fact that Dappo's not out on loan possibly just suggests that he's going to see out the rest of his contract and he's going Mm -hmm. to move on at the end of the season, which is disappointing because Mm -hmm. not that long ago, Dappo was seen as someone who had a chance. He obviously came on for the first team against Kelly. Mm -hmm. Uh, That seems to have kind of drifted. I think somebody like Matthew Shields was out on loan at Clyde. I think come the end of this loan, Matthew will probably be looking to make the step into first team somewhere else. Same with probably guys like Rhys Breen, um, Zach Butterworth. It's never nice to see guys leave, but there's different pathways at Rangers. It's not all about just making it at Rangers. It's about, you know, once your contract's up, there's got to be something else there for you. So like if Rhys plays well for Partick, maybe there's a chance of him getting a permanent deal there. If Matthew does well for Clyde, Maybe there'll be other clubs that'll look at him and think, he did really well there. You know, We'll take a chance on him in the summer, et cetera. So it's not just about guys at Rangers, it's about the future for other players and where they're going to end up. Yeah, yeah well,
0: well uh, just, oh, just finally... Sorry,
3: Martin. Sorry, not so much a question. My apologies, Martin. Um, but more of a statement, because it was something I noticed uh, tail end of last year, I think. Uh, and it's worth repeating, because it's a really good thing that the club do, that when some of these younger players leave, they actually put together a video Mm-hmm. Uh, analysis package <clears throat> that they can then take to prospective clubs to try and get themselves new deals which I think is a really really nice thing for the club to do and it, you know, it's a quite a classy thing to say it's a classy touch definitely yeah here's something that will help you maybe get a club in the future I think that's a, it's worth repeating and bringing that back out
0: yeah no absolutely definitely. just mm-hmm. finally Willie um, you've just come back to Dapple on my buddy and you're saying possibly this might be coming towards the end. Why do you think that is? Because Is it his ability or is it his mentality? Because there was a lot spoken about Dapol. Like you say, he got a first team game, he came on and he was talked about as the kind of next big thing coming through the academy.
1: I think the problem just is there's just a constant, like sort of conveyor belt of guys that are pushing. You know, dapple's now, I think, like 19... Whereas you've got guys like Charlie Lindsay at 16, you've got Tony Weston at 16, Nathan Young Coombs is only 17. So these guys, for all they're younger, are probably closer than where Dapple was because of their age. Mm-hmm. I think once you get to that 19, kind of get into 20 stage, if you're not probably in the first team squad, it's, it's beginning to become a concern.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So it feels like, like sort of Leon's kind of skipped ahead of some of the guys that are 18 and 19, mm-hmm because there's this pathway now, like you see Leon's pathway into the first team, they'll see a pathway for Charlie Lindsay, they'll see that for Tony Weston, they'll see that, you know, for maybe three or four other players that they're gradually starting to put into the B team. But the reality is, there's always going to be a, it's not as much a kill at the end of the season, but there'll always be players that will start to drift. So instead of, you know, constantly taking that step up and step up and step up, when guys sometimes get to a step, and they feel as though they've already got to where they need to be, that's when it generally starts to drift. And I think that's possibly the worry with Dapo, to be honest with you. So when's the next game? Who's the next game against? The, Rangers? <clears throat> the game tomorrow against Dundee at 2pm at, at the training ground. So I don't know. I would like to think the Rangers will do updates, but it seems to kind of change from week to week. Mm, so I'm not right. really sure. And then obviously the 18s are due to play Celtic at the training ground on Friday. Because at the moment, because all the guidelines, there's only so many teams you can play. Mm-hmm. So it's unusual that Rangers and Celtic are playing friendlies against each other because usually when it's like competitive games, they'll try and cancel games so they don't need to play each other without like, one or two players missing. So the fact they're playing each other in friendly games shows you how difficult it is to get a game. Yep. Maybe need to edit that out in case we get loads of supporters going to York and how it See the Rangers. I he's going to get access, you know. I mean, like, everywhere's totally shut off i mean it's pretty much like a big bubble now for the first team and it's basically only the players that are allowed in like the parents can't even get in to watch the games which is is obviously you know a lot worse for them than it is for us it's probably the first time in their life that the parents are only getting to watch their sons play Hmm. well safety safety first we know the guidelines are more important we've seen other clubs breach them
0: so it's important but listen gentlemen we shall move on and i want to come to the livingston game and stephen i'll come back to you um, were you surprised? Obviously, hindsight's great, we won 2-0. It was a comfortable-ish performance. Were you surprised at five changes though?
2: No, really. I think obviously I had a feeling which wasn't going to make it. I had a few Hollander coming back in. It was good to get Davis back in. I thought Davis ran the show to see him. Uh, no, I wasn't surprised with the changes because games are thick and fast and we've got Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday. It's hard going and we've got a big squad. And their squad's got a lot of quality in it, so I'm no surprised he's using it. And I I like the rotation now and again, it didn't quite work a lot of the time, but I like the three in the middle with Kamara drapping out, Davis coming in, or Davis dropping out, Jack coming in. Like we were saying earlier, it's like for like coming in. The boys are mm-hmm. the boys that are replacing the boys that are going out are doing the job to his higher standard as the boys going out. So it's working.
0: So long may it continue. And Tommy, we've seen this over the kind of last couple of seasons. Celtic drop points, and then we don't capitalise and, and we drop points. So is it quite... What's the word I'm looking for, Tommy? Encouraging. No well, I'm not going to help one, you this week, Martin. No <laughs> is it quite encouraging that we're a fully rotated squad as well? Because some teams can't deal with having five players out. Um, is it quite encouraging that we've managed to beat Livingston while Celtic dropping points? If yeah, i well, want to rephrase the way I asked that question, that would be really good.
3: No, I think I think I get what you're I think I get what you're driving at, um, and and you know I suppose that the important distinction is one thing we can take care of and one thing we, that's out with of our control, which is Celtic dropping points, um, or rather I should say, and I never thought I'd say this, Aberdeen taking points off Celtic, mm, which is just a phrase that's hey 2020 yeah. there you go anything can happen, <laughs> so um, and it's nice to see Celtic socially distancing themselves from the top of the table. Yes, yeah. <laughs> which, uh, which is always a pleasure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the guys have touched on some of that as well, particularly Stephen there a moment ago. You know, Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, you go way to Belgium, so you get the flight there. You're playing, particularly the end of that game, in that really sodden pitch. I mean, you know, it's even you know harder when you try to run in a waterlogged pitch. Then it's the flight back, and then you're back in Livingston. I mean, by and large, it was a forgettable game, mm-hmm. let's be you know, brutally honest, right? It was a run of the mill. Mm-hmm. Tick a box, clean sheet, nobody get injured. We won it, three points in the bag, everybody just moves on. It was great, though, to be able to cycle through, and we were talking about the squad quite a lot in this podcast, actually, because it is really important. We make those changes, the quality and the performance doesn't uh, drop, second half notwithstanding, when I think we kind of all just went three points. Nobody needs to try that hard. Um, And you can see that from the sidelines. I think Stephen Gerrard was getting a little bit frustrated, and if you were... I know we were all watching it. Tav was getting more and more frustrated with a lot of these teammates as well because the performance went off a cliff um, in terms mm-hmm. of intensity. Yeah. Uh, and Livingston seemed happy with that as well, uh, by and large, you know, that we aren't getting a, thump, a thumping, happy to go back up the road to the Tony macaroni. Um I'll never get used to saying that. But yeah, <laughs> and that, that's uh, being able to make the changes is fantastic. I think, again, I'm not going to duplicate what Steven said there because he's spot on in, in terms of dropping in Hellander again, he who's still coming back from fitness. I, I keep forgetting, eight months out, roughly, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. give or take. So, you know, he's still working through that, bringing in Jack as well. Rebo getting back into the game, which is fantastic, because I think he's a big, big player for us this season. Keep yep. him fit. it. Had you getting another assist, even though he wasn't playing amazingly. But we touched on this last week. His bad performances is still enough to get assists and stuff. Mm-hmm. Aye. Biggest surprise for me, I, w- I won't lie, um, was seeing Jermaine Defoe leading the line. That actually caught me by surprise. And, Mm -hmm. you know, what do you say about a guy who scores his 300-league goal and does it with such a – we're talking about finishes with Roof. Different type of finish, but it's just as good. Over the shoulder volley from about 40, you know, past 40 yards. And just – the keeper doesn't even, you know, look at it because it's just rolled right by him. Phenomenal. But, yes, there we go. All positive. We
0: move on. I was just looking at my notes there, and thanks very much, Tommy. You just took away all my questions. Early. That's why I try and do that. On a, I try to do
3: that on a weekly basis, Martin. You know that. I didn't touch on the Aberdeen Celtic game or dropping points. I left that open for
0: you. Oh, thanks very much. Like, let's talk about Celtic. Um, no, but well, uh, well, obviously Tommy's mentioned that there are Rebo coming back and some of the other players rotated. It was good to see Rebo getting his goal, and again, as Tommy says, it was great to see how you get yet another assist. Yeah, look, we obviously
1: changed the shape a wee bit. We went for. 0-3-3 here, kind of 4-2-3-1, which allowed a wee bit more freedom for like, a lot of Rebo and Haji and Kent, and it's good in these kind of games, because you know that obviously really aren't going to come out, so you can push a little bit higher, you know, the defence can play higher, the midfield can be higher, and I think you saw that in the first 15-20 minutes, <coughs> the two goals were good goals, Haji would have through ball for Defoe, I was just expecting Defoe to roll it by the goalkeeper, to be honest. But when they come back out, you saw how quick Hadji reacted. Mm-hmm. And then he picks out Haribo. I mean, there's some players that wouldn't have reacted to that second ball, but Hadji does. Aye. And, you know, as Tommy says, and, you know, that, that second goal is it's some pick out for Tav to start off with. But then, you know, Defoe so, is so nonchalant, really. Yes, <laughs> it's nice. First time dinked by the goal in your second one. I think, like, the last player that I remember that was good, the first touches, that was Jelovic. He was unbelievable with, like, sort of first-time finishes. Mm-hmm. Well, the way the focus tucked that away. And I've got to be honest, after like whatever that was 15-16 minutes, I started watching the other game in the television because you knew that you know, like Lovingston were only coming back for 2-0. I mean, that was game over. And it did in the second half, it's you know, it drifted into and you know, the manager tried to bring on some subs to can kind I of get the game going again. But I think like Tommy says the Lovingston were quite content, it was only 2-0. They were happy to head back down
0: the road, and you know it was game over really. Hold on, Molly, just come a bit closer to the camera because I want to see the score. <laughs> <laughs> it's two 0 <laughs> No, but listen, Stephen. Obviously, the second goal Willie mentions that fantastic ball for Tav, great finish for the and that's him now on three hundred club goals. Aye, it's. I mean, the
2: ball for Tav, like Willie's saying, we're all just becoming so accustomed to that now. Mm. It's like Tav makes passes and assists like that. Willy nelly now, do you know what I mean? But outstanding passing coming at his shoulder, he's got a centre off running with on the foe. And to take it on your weaker foot, if the foes has got such a thing right, but it's only his weaker foot; it's his left foot. And Mace players would just lashed at that. The way he just takes it so any stride, and it's almost as if the keeper can't believe it. Do you know what I mean? The keepers are on there. It's, it's again, it was just it was a crack, it was just a beautiful, beautiful goal. And we just keep, we keep scoring beautiful goals you now, do you know what I mean? But the biggest thing for me was, like you touched on it at the start there, Martin, was like, I've been so, the past, we've all been so frustrated the past two or three years having chances to put Celtic under pressure. But no, gone down there last week and winning, when we're, we've got a lead, we already had a lead in the league going down there. But to win, to stretch it, then knowing they've slipped up at Putaudry, Again, to stretch it even more, we're showing character. But this weekend, for me, is when we really, really, really need to kick on. This is, I think we'll know where the team is at after this Sunday because it's a horrible place for us to go. And if we can go there and go nine points clear, they've still got to go to 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 Easter Road, for Park, and that's before they even play their games in horn So
0: the team are showing character, great, great character, and we need to keep it going. I know this is your first time on the pod, Stephen, right? But I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to get you a right? I spoke to you before it. Don't mention the commandment game until the end of the podcast. Oh, I'm sorry, mate. No. Sorry, mate. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> sorry, mate. mate but sorry, You mate.
3: realise that uh, even Stephen's picked up on this really quickly. We just bin your notes and you're going to <laughs> this part and do whatever we want. So that's...
0: that's...
2: Mate I'm on football daft man We've got a free roll every week You know what I mean so-
0: <laughs> oh, It's
2: funny you say that
0: It was great when it sent me through these notes You know what I mean <laughs> um, Mate I do not believe that <laughs> <laughs> But listen Tommy We've obviously touched on it 2-0 up after 16 minutes in the game Kind of went flat We've had obviously the old forum game The high of that And then the European game So Should Gerard, be worried about the fact that we went so flat or can we just put it down to the fact that we've had two really big games and we just kind of stuck, took the foot off the gas?
3: Oh, no, absolutely fine. You know, if they went flat from the first whistle to the final whistle and your finish is nil-nil, then you've got a problem. Mm. You score two after coming off the back of a an old-firm game, a uh, European away tie, and then you get two early goals. I think we were 2-0 up in 16 minutes. I think that's the official kind yeah. of clock. And then you go right, okay, three three points are in the bag. We were never in danger. So if that's the case, that's one of those, I hate to use the cliche, right, but that's one of those professional games. You know what I mean? You got your three points and you did your job and everybody goes back to their bed. That's, that's absolutely perfect by me. Totally legitimate. I'm happy with that. I don't want the guys exerting themselves or running themselves into the ground or jumping into challenges and getting injuries. That's a run-of-the-mill, middle-of-the-season type of victory that... You look for the highs later on. And remembering, you know, I'll I'll take consistency over highs and lows Mm. because I I just want us to consistently win because that's how you win the title. Just a wee thing that's probably worth getting back to as well is that, and the guys have touched on, I think we've all touched on it in different ways without saying it, the the mentality of the team, which was questioned after Christmas last year and stuff like that. And we'll be a focus again, you know, this year, right? Because everybody will be looking for that. But because of the Levy result, first levy result and the Hibs result actually we let Celtic back in they could have went ahead of us Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. team went to Parkhead and dominated them right and we've already you know spoken last week about not buying any of that weekend team nonsense right went and dominated them got the result they really needed because Celtic could have stretched away Mm -hmm. then had a European game and then watched their rivals drop points and went out and nailed the fact that they've slipped up that's a real big difference for us and something that is really, really positive. It's great, great to see. Great to see. Definitely. Because you just want... you, you,
2: you just, I just want to see how Celtic react. To yeah, exactly. Because I can't... Since Walter Smith was here 2011, man, I can't remember the last time Celtic been put under any pressure by anyone domestically. So to do that, we're the only team capable of doing that. So doing that now, and you're starting to see, they know that we're not going away. We're there that's and we're like, getting built, so I want to see how they react to us. And the new, it's looking like they're not reacting really that well yet. Long <laughs> <No, laughs> like... will that continue?
0: Long will that continue? <laughs> have they been put under any pressure since we get uh, put down? No, the no, that's not, really that's not. Of- but listen, Wally, next up, if you could look up at the camera, there you go, Wally. There you go. <laughs> um
2: and you lied, I just checked my phone, it's still bloody no. no. I'm watching
1: <laughs> I'm watching a game on BT Sports, mate. I thought you I, I thought you watched this Spurs game. I I'm know. checking my
2: fantasy watching, fit.
3: One eye's watching BT sports and one eye's watching Sky, judging by the two <laughs> different games That are in your glasses, isn't
2: it? He what, say, you, he
1: said, You say 2
2: 0,
0: and I'm like, I hope Kane scores my fantasy team. I hope they went 0 0. Stortford versus St Albans. Right, gentlemen, gentlemen, this is a Rangers podcast, right? This isn't an English (laughs) football podcast. I can't believe I said to you before the start of this, I'm going to try and keep this to 45 minutes. I should have known better. But I'm I'm sorry, listen. Harry Kane up front. That's what I'm stunned (laughs) with, William, next up uh, is uh, Poznan in Europe, and I know you've done a wee bit of research on them, so where have you found it?
1: A bit like what Stephen was saying prior to the pod start, they have probably not the best start to the season for their point of view. And they're opening seven games. They've won two, lost two and drawn three. So they're actually sitting in 10th position in the league at the moment. Last season, they finished second, only three points behind Leisure Warsaw. So, you know, if you're trying to kind of judge how good Leisure were last year to let Poznan, you know, probably know a huge difference in terms of the quality. Um, they sold one of their star players in the summer to Brighton for nearly £10 million, but was then loaned straight back to Poznan, so he's still there. Jakob Moda, Um They sold a couple of their players, one to Derby for £4 million and another player for £2 million to Augsburg. So they've took about what, £15 million in or so and they've really not spent anything. They've brought in a player from Slavia Prague, Jan Sikora, Mikael Ishak, who's the Swedish striker that scored the two goals the other night against Benfica, he came in on a free for Nuremberg, and they signed Philip Bednarek, who's a Polish international centre back from Herendine. So it's hard. They might be slightly weakened this year. The winger that signed for Derby, Josviak, I think he was quite a big player for them last year, and I've not really been able to replace him. Probably one of the names that Rangers fans will recognise if he starts the game as an ex-Celtic player, Thomas Rognier, the oh, center. What Does he, he play for them? He plays for Lech like So mm. I would think it's one of those games, I think when they come to Ibrox, I'm, I'm, I'm not expecting them to come and play gung-ho. I think they'll probably sit in and look the counter-attack on us. But I think you probably saw for the Benfica highlights if you've seen them. Benfica cutting them open several times during the match, I mean, it, it was 4-2 going on, maybe 7 or 8, you mm-hmm. know, and if we can create chances, I fancy us to get a couple of goals, and if we can keep our solid defence that we've had recently, I would fancy us to
0: win the game on Thursday night. Tommy, you said when the group was drawn that this was the one team you'd be wary of, I think you you meant obviously more away from home, but are you confident for Thursday? Yeah, yeah. I I think what I said was I thought I thought they'd be relatively dark
3: horses, um, and I, I thought they were particularly poor against Benfica, has to be said. But yeah, I still think they're a reasonably decent team. I think, as Willie was saying there, I think off the top of my head, they are ten points off the top with a game in hand in their own respective league. Modar is a very, very good midfielder, by the way. I think Brighton also signed another guy uh, at the same time, if I remember, um, Kaplanik. But I know Modar is also just broken through into the Polish national team. Um, very, very good Very good midfielder, very technical as well. I, I don't think... Um, or rather, I do think that Lech Poznan will play that um, uh, counter-attacking football that Willie speaks of there when they, when they come to Ibrox. Would I be scared of them in any shape or form? Absolutely not, um, and actually it goes back to what Stephen had said right at the beginning as well when we were talking about, or rather he was talking about some of the teams that we faced are Lech Poznan any better or any worse than Legia Warsaw? No they're not Legia are better, are Benfica better or worse than a Porto or a Villarreal, and I am very well aware that those two clubs are in different countries by the way but you know, are they are they any, just, because, just in case, because you always get comments that something always comes in um, no they're not, Rangers have played some really, really good teams with some really, really expensive good players and good squads. So yeah. no, I, I certainly don't feel like posing coming to coming to Ibrox. I think they'll be a slightly tougher nut to crack at home, in all honesty. But, you know, I know that Benfica results there, but I, I just thought they were pretty ropey at the back, actually. Um yeah, we, we, we should definitely be looking at three points. We're not talking about, you know, anything else here. Rangers could and will um beat them. As simple as that.
0: And I suppose going with the way Gerard's worked up to now, Stephen, we'll probably see plenty of rotation as well.
2: I would say so. I I would I'm I'm kinda I'm caught going right. What's the bigger game this week? Thursday or Sunday? For me it's Sunday. Mm. So I think Thursday, I don't know, you might I, I don't know if I would get a rebo or I don't know if I'd start a rebo on Sunday on that pitch just back for injury. I think you might see a rebo playing on Thursday night. There might be a few changes, but like Tommy's saying, I'm confident we can get the result. I think we'll do it. I don't think there's any easy games in these group stages in Europa. Like, there's no easy games in Europe at all. It'll be a hard game. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a stuffy 1-0, 2-1, something like that. Quite a tight game, but I think we'll do it. But I do think there'll be a rotation, and I think I think the management will have Sunday pinpointed as a bigger game out of the two.
3: Yeah. Sound, it sounded like that cat agreed with you as well. Oh, no. uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I
0: can't be the only one that heard that there. No, he's getting party and scarf on. No but but, but normally, this is a really good opportunity, I suppose. Look, the fourth seats are coming to I-Books. This is a good opportunity for us to put six points on the board. When I think a lot of range of supporters would have accepted a drawing standard or standard or whatever their name is. Mm-hmm. It's a good opportunity to right. put six points on the board before that double-hand Double headed yep. against
1: I mean, Benfica. If you can win your first two games in the group, you're putting yourself in a great position. Yeah. And I think aye. one of the interesting things that came out today from Lech Poznan was that potentially for the rest of this year, they're not going to be allowed to let any supporters into the ground. So when we mm-hmm. play them away, it could be in an empty stadium, which 100% suits us more than it suits them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, yeah, look, like, if we can win more open than two games in this group, We've then got, obviously, the huge games against Benfica. I think we spoke about the guy, Darwin Nunes before the first game against Liège, and I said, this guy looks a bit special. We got a hashtag trick the other night, and some of his finishes were, were exceptional. You know, they are another level for standard. They are going to be the almighty test in this group. If we can take any points off of Benfica, I think they're as good a team as we'll have played in the last couple of years.
0: Right, so, Stephen, give me a score. Give me a prediction. For Thursday
3: night? Uh, no, no. 2-0. 2-0. 2-0. Tommy? Aye. I'm, I'm going to gild the lily a wee bit more and say 3-0. Lily.
0: Yeah, I like the thought of 2-0, to be honest. I think that would be a good scoreline for us. Right, and I'll go with my traditional 1-0. That'll do me. Right, gents. Very, very quickly. Because Stephen's already touched on it. Come on. Sorry, on sorry. Sunday. Stephen, <laughs> mate, you've touched on it, but how important is it? It's massive, it's massive. I think the fact Celtic are
2: playing in last season's Scottish Cup, which is an absolute farce in itself, an absolute farce. Uh, They're playing in that, we're playing, we've got a chance to go nine points clear. Like I said, I'm repeating myself earlier, they've still to go to Fir Park, Easter Road, before they even play these games in Horn. If we go nine points clear, the way Celtic are looking at that is going to have some sort of psychological effect on them and it's going to have a great effect on us as well. So if we go nine points clear by two o'clock on Sunday afternoon, I will be delighted.
0: It is a place we've struggled though, Tommy.
3: It is, it is. We, we have struggled on it and probably even more frustrating from a fan's perspective and the guys, will, you, know, you can all tell me if you agree with me, is we've struggled... When Kelly don't give any surprises, you know exactly what they're going to do. And that's been the frustrating bit for me. You know, yeah. fallen into the trap quite a lot sometimes and allow mm-hmm. them to play their game. Do I think that'll happen this week? No, I don't. I think we'll beat them. It's all about us showing that consistency and that ruthlessness. You know, I'm not going to duplicate um, what Stephen was saying there either. The fact that you know, Celtic are jumping in their DeLorean and getting back, you know, back in time mm-hmm. to play a Scottish Cup that never was is. is Oh, just ridiculous but you know they're for you know the scottish governing body um type of thing i'm, I'm sure though they'll, they'll get a buy-in at the final of this season as well but um rangers just need to go s- just do their business which is see kelly out the door bye bye kelly and all that kind of good stuff mm. and then get back up the road no injuries on that god awful pitch get the three points in and then say you know, turn round to, to Celtic and say, sure, turn. Now, we've Aye. done all that chasing for so long and fallen at it. It's time to see what they do. But that only happens. Rangers take care of their business. Go down, exactly. steal all their pies, <laughs> get their three points, get back up the road. Simple as
0: that. Wally, final word to you. Tommy's and Stephen have kind of covered it all, but this is a chance for us to really see where this team's at, mentality-wise, and I suppose squad rotation-wise as well.
1: Yeah, look, I think one of those things is hugely important. On Sunday, I think normally Kelly would know exactly who our starting eleven is going to be. I don't think even we know what the starting eleven is going to be in Sunday. No, no. like the manager. The manager could potentially put Rufa in there to stretch the game. You know, he could start it and to hold the ball up. He could play a rebo wide, and that thing is that very few teams are going to know how we're going to set up. And the fact that we've changed formation a couple of times this season, that probably puts Kelly a little bit of on, slight unease. So yeah, I feel confident going to Sunday. I know the pitch isn't the best. You know how they're going to play. It's going to be physical. It's going to be combative. And I feel the one player we need to shut down for them is still, well, I would say is their best player in Chris Burke. I think he's been pretty consistent now for a year, two years. We can shut down Chris Burke and we can play our game. I feel pretty confident Rangers will get the three points.
0: Hey, gents, well, listen, that'll do Is this week. Tommy, Wally, as ever, thank you very much. Stephen, mate, if we had gone on any longer, I think my old accent, mate, I started coming back out, so we'll leave it. To <laughs> get, thanks for coming <laughs> Any time, anytime, trips. Thanks. Uh, so, again, Tommy, William, Stephen, thank you very much. Thank you for everybody watching and listening, and we shall speak to you next week. Runaway! Tonight, leave the city, we'll be fine Blowing up like dynamite, I never meant to make you cry Make your mind up, I'm fading I wanna stay